Matthew 5, verses 43 through 48, these are God's words. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Amen. So far, the reading of God's inspired and inerrant words. Here Jesus comes to climax of the difference between the righteousness of uh, that the scribes and Pharisees defined according to the law and the righteousness that Jesus defined according to the law. And of course, uh, the scribes and Pharisees were misusing and abusing uh, the law. Uh, the law said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But you notice that they uh, have not only cut off the as yourself here, but they have taken the word neighbor and said, aha, you see, if it's your neighbor, you're supposed to love him. But if it's your enemy, well, then obviously you're supposed to hate him. This, of course, is opposite the law of God in many places uh, where he taught them, for instance, to love strangers in the same way that they were to love their neighbor. But this was the way that, that they were accustomed to thinking. You remember the man who answered uh, rightly to Jesus, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus told him that that was correct, uh, and uh, seeking to justify himself, said, who is my neighbor? That is an indication that there were those whom he was loving, and then there were those whom he was hating. Uh, and yet God's law written on his heart, even, uh, was convicting him, and so he was trying to justify himself. Uh, but we have a God who has loved his enemies. This is the great way in which God's love has been demonstrated that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for uh, the ungodly. And if Christ died for us while we were uh, under God's wrath and uh, enemies of God, uh, then how much more shall we be saved once we have been uh, adopted? And so the... Uh, the place to look to see uh, how we are uh, to keep God's law is in God himself. God uh, the Father had already given indication of his goodness to enemies. Uh, the Son isn't uh, just some independent agent, verse 45 says. It's his Son. The rain doesn't uh, fall merely by chemical uh, processes, meteorological processes. He sends the rain. 
So verse 45 doesn't just say the sun rises on the evil and the good and the rain falls on the just and the unjust, but he makes his sun rise. He makes, he sends his rain on. And you see then the Lord for people who hate him, a world full of people who hate him every day. And he raises his own sun. It belongs to him. And he makes it to shine on them and give life and light. And he uh, brings them the rain uh, in season. And he causes it to refresh the ground and bring life to the earth and uh, provide uh, for their drink. Uh, and so we see that God, who rightfully has a right to hate, he is angry with the wicked every day. And there's a proper way in which in which we say that God hates uh, the wicked. They are under his wrath. But they're not under our wrath. We are not God. We are not the avenger. We aren't their creator. Uh, and so God, who rightly um, pours out his wrath, or God who rightly has uh, wrath against them, is loving them even now, waiting for the right time and way of his vengeance. And so if God himself is waiting to pour his right vengeance on them, how much more should we be patient for God? Let vengeance belong to him, the timing of it, the manner of it, the execution of it. That all belongs to God, doesn't it? And we would be uh, arrogant fools like the devil if we put ourselves and in the place of God, and hated our enemies. No, even as uh, we sing in the psalm, we sing very soberly of the justice of God, and what is right and just towards uh, towards sinners, towards those who hate him. Uh, and there is a right way then of singing even the end from the end of Psalm 139. Do I not hate those who hate you? I hate them with perfect hatred remembering that we ourselves were once those who hated God and that there is still that which remains in us that is hateful towards God. And certainly we ought to hate that, uh, hate that in ourselves. And so Jesus here, who is literally the embodiment of not just general love, common grace love, uh, even for the reprobate, uh, like we uh, think and hear about and uh, in verse uh, 45 that Jesus is the embodiment of special grace love where God loved his enemies gave himself for them and changed them from enemies even into children and so we remember that he is the one who gave the law to begin with this is what he had done already not having given himself for them but uh, when he gathered them uh, to himself and he gathered Israel to himself, he was loving and redeeming and saving those who had hated him and cursed him. Uh, and so we see the great difference uh, between the scribes and the Pharisees who used their abusive exegesis to justify themselves in hating their enemy the great difference between them and the Lord Jesus, who is here literally out of love for his enemies and redeeming 
from among his enemies. And he says, but I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Now, it's not difficult to figure out what you're supposed to do um, with an enemy. Or with someone who curses you. Or with someone who hates you. Or with someone who spitefully uses you and persecutes you. Some of you have been in those situations. And there have been people, even in the church, who have spitefully used you. And it feels difficult to figure it out at the time. But actually, the Bible is pretty clear here. It's not, it's not difficult to figure out. It's just impossible to do. Uh, but praise God, we have not only uh, the clarity of what to do. If someone's your enemy, what are you supposed to do with them? Love them. If someone curses you, what are you supposed to do with them? Bless them. If someone hates you, what are you supposed to do for them? Do good to them. If someone spitefully uses you or persecutes you, what are you supposed to do to them? You pray for them. And so it's kind of like when mom gives you a command. It's not difficult to figure out what you should do. Uh, although you may feel like it's difficult in the moment. No. If mom gave you a command, you should do it. Obey your parents and the Lord. Honor your father uh, and your mother. Uh, and so we know just what we should do. Uh, and praise God, this can only be done. Uh, and he gives this to us very similarly to the children obey your parents, children obey your parents in the Lord. And so he takes he takes this uh, beatitude, uh, which he uh, pronounced in verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Uh, and now he gives them the right to call God uh, Father. Uh, just as he said back in uh, verse 16, glorify your Father in heaven. Uh, so he says here, verse 45, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. And if you are children uh, of God with him as your heavenly Father, uh, then you must be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. The sum of, or one of the ways that the Bible summarized the law was be holy for, for I am holy. Or you must be holy for Yahweh, your God is holy. Well, now Yahweh, our God, has in his Son, whom he gave in love, and the Son who gave himself in love, and he gives us his spirit and love, and the spirit who comes and pours out the love of God in our hearts uh, in love. It's not just Yahweh, your God, is holy. It's your Father in heaven is perfect. Uh, and so uh, if we said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, if that was the law, uh, then our Father in heaven would have violated the law because he has loved his enemies. It is just for him to hate and pour out wrath upon his enemies. But he, in the greatness of his goodness, has made justice and mercy to come together in Jesus Christ. And he has even loved his enemies. And so we see 
um, our Father in heaven and his love for his enemies. And we are to love our enemies and leave wrath to him since it belongs to him in the first place. And since he, for the sake of his love, is currently uh, delaying the completion of his wrath. Uh, so let us learn to uh, to read uh, the scripture as Jesus reads the scripture as Jesus teaches it to us. And then especially let us take advantage of having Christ himself as the perfect example of how to keep the law. That in the way Christ is, we may be able to see more clearly what our Father is like. Uh, and surely uh, we have not just a Father who makes his sun rise and, and sit on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust, but for many evil and unjust, God has sent his Son into the world in love. And so uh, we not being able to convert them, uh, but being able to love them and bless them, do good to them and pray for them, and leave unto God what belongs to him, whether it is to convert them, for which we will praise him, and we will rejoice, uh, or whether uh, the Lord does finally uh, pour out wrath upon them, uh, and we who have loved him and who have loved them in imitating him uh, will confess how much more just that wrath is at the last, that they who have so been loved by God and who have so been loved by the godly uh, would still hate him and hate us and God's justice then and vengeance in that justice uh, shall at the last be praised all the more. In doing so, he says, uh, Romans 12, you heap burning coals upon their heads. Uh, this too in the psalm that we'll be singing. We see how the psalmist kept loving them. They responded to his love of hatred uh, and they kept accusing him. And he responded to their accusations with prayer uh, and yet singing as God's anointed, praying as God's anointed. He gives us this song to sing about the ones for whom we are praying and the ones whom we are loving uh, and the wrath that shall come upon them at the last uh, if the Lord does not grant unto them repentance uh, and how marvelous uh, that we who deserve the same he would give repentance uh, and so we should sing with great solemnity realizing what is coming upon them yet uh, holding to, clinging to the justice of God. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we pray that you would help us to see how continue, continually you are good to all who are upon the earth, and especially how good you are to those enemies from among whom you have saved, and the... Uh, particularly the ones that you are saving, and particularly ourselves, we realize, O oh Lord, now, we remember that uh, we have acted sinfully and hatefully towards you, and yet 
you gave your son, you sent him into the world. Uh, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And so we pray that you would make us to be great lovers of our enemies. Uh, and that you would make us to do good to them uh, and to bless them, and to pray for them. We don't have it in ourselves, Lord. Whenever we read and think about this, we even find much in our flesh rising up against it. But we see so clearly that this is what Jesus has done for us, for whom he died. And so please help us by your Spirit and make us more like your Son, our Savior, whom you, in whom you have revealed yourself to us, so that we too may be children uh, who bring you glory by being conformed to Christ, by being uh, imitations of you. We ask it all in his name. Amen.